Hey everyone, this is Annie Tevlin, founder of Skin Owl Skincare and your host of Off the Record, the podcast. From years of helping people with their skin, it dawned on me that when you're talking to people about their skin, be it acne or aging, the conversation so often becomes about one's insecurities, lack of self-worth, and how to reconcile who they are while living in the skin they're in. The road to healing one's skin is not solely paved with a good face oil or eye concentrate, but with an openness that I have felt so fortunate to be on the other end of. This vulnerability motivated me to start a podcast, this podcast, one that has evolved into a magnetic epicenter of amazing humans telling their story in a truly raw and transparent way. Join me every Monday as my guests and I dive deep into universal truths by way of humor, heartache, and hope. Now it's just you and me, I respect your privacy. What happens here when I believe this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips. Cause I can't say I'm not what I would do. Off the record with you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 126 with the fantastic founder of Ziva Meditation, Emily Fletcher. This is an awesome interview. You guys stick with this, okay, especially if you have children. She's talking about her brand new initiative called Ziva Kids. And if there was ever a time to have a mental sedative for today's youth, especially after this transformative year, now is the time, and this is the episode to help guide you. It is a buoy for you to have some support during this time. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't leave you with a code. Okay, this week's code is YAYDAY, Y-A-Y-D-A-Y. It gives you free shipping on everything on skinowl.com. Check out our bundles, check out our glow stick, check out our drops, our body oil, because it's winter. Check it all out and use code YAYDAY, all one word, before you check out. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, and I say it ad nauseum, and I say ad nauseum, ad nauseum, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, leave a five-star review, leave a rating, excuse me, a five-star rating and leave a review. I always mix those two up. Go do the thing and just know how much you're appreciated. I see it myself. I love it. It's my, I mean, I literally, I smile or I cry every single time I see the reviews. So thank you guys. And with that, let's get to episode 126 with Emily Fletcher. When I was younger, I never needed time in the way that I do now. I was able to reconcile things pretty quickly in real time and keep the train moving. Whether that was the best way to manage stress, it was easy. There was enough low-level stuff that there always seemed to be time to reconcile the big stuff. But as life continued and I got older and divorced and built a skincare business and a podcast and eventually had a baby and got remarried, time just isn't what it used to be. It's a commodity, one that I constantly wish that I had more of. Now, the funny thing about time is that when you find yourself on the other end of more of it, you don't always do the things that you said you'd do, whether that's a workout, a nap, or more work. I'm so tired from the time I did spending doing things that I often use extra time to do nothing. And that was until I was introduced to Ziva meditation. Now, I'll be frank. Historically, I have sucked at meditating in the same way I have historically sucked at yoga. Stillness has not always been a strength until I was forced to sit in a sea of hurt and pain around the time of my divorce. Because sometimes in life, you just can't get out of the deep end unless you want to be greeted by a tsunami later in life as a result of repressing said thing that put you in the deep end in the first place. 
Because here's the thing. Meditating for me is really just thinking, imagining, manifesting, processing, reconciling. And today's guest, Emily Fletcher, taught me that. It is time spent thinking about the life that I'm living. And today's guest made it her purpose to give that gift to everyone around the world, regardless of how good they are at it. Emily Fletcher is the founder of Ziva Meditation and best-selling author of Stress Less, Accomplish More, which for the record has been translated into 14 languages, if that doesn't tell you how much this book is globally in demand. A leading expert in meditation for performance, Emily's highly acclaimed Ziva Technique is a transformative research-based daily practice that combines mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting, the three M's, to alleviate stress, build resilience, and heal your body on a cellular level. Emily started her practice in response to the intense demands of her 10-year career on Broadway. Her extensive knowledge on the subject of meditation results from 12 years of training. She began her studies in Rishikesh, India, and developed Ziva as a form of meditation for those of us living in the modern world and is specifically designed to help people with busy minds and busy lives get better at life, not just meditation. To date, Emily has taught over 40,000 people the skill of meditation with a growing roster of Ziva graduates, including actress Jenna Dewan, physician and 12-time New York Times bestselling author Dr. Mark Hyman, Good Morning America co-host Robin Roberts, Sarah Haynes, and Gio Benitez, as well as many Oscar, Grammy, and Emmy Award winners, Navy SEALs, and NBA players. Emily is an international keynote speaker who has been invited to speak obviously, at Apple, Google, Harvard Business School. And she's also been named one of the top 100 women in wellness to watch. And it is absolutely no question why. Today, we are going to talk about it all. And I'm so honored to have this time with Emily Fletcher to sit here and go off the record and talk about the many things that make her tick, made her who she is today, and how and why she is motivated and actually changing the face of meditation in the world. So, Without further ado, I'd like to welcome the amazing Emily Fletcher to the OTR Zoom Room. Welcome, Emily. Wow. Can you, can you just beat my alarm clock each morning? I feel like, you know, we're so good as humans at like worshiping everything we have yet to achieve and everything we have yet to accomplish. But your beautiful voice and the gravitas of it, like oh just God. reading off your 10 years of stuff that I've done feels real validating. I mean, do you look back on your life and think to yourself, like, I've made it. I have done what I set out to do. Absolutely not. I know that I am on my mission. I know that I'm doing what I was put here to do, but I feel like I am just getting started. I love, you know, I feel often with people that are in this type of sector, there's a story. There's a story about why this is important. Because if you're someone that just can kind of go through life and, I don't know, reconcile things in real time or not find value in time to process the life that you're living... It's not, it's maybe not met with the same type of story. I, I think, you know, my first question for you is where does this all begin for you? Why is meditation important and, and how has it helped you in your life? Why is it important in the world or why is it important to me? To you. Well, I was struggling with debilitating insomnia and anxiety. And, you know, and I was like, oh, poor little Broadway star. But I was on Broadway for 10 years. And it's really embarrassing to be on a stage in a leotard with a spotlight in front of 2000 judgy gays, like not able to like hit your high note or like hit the dance steps because you couldn't sleep the night before. And your anxiety is like making your vocal cords like clench on each other and just sucking at your job and knowing that you're sucking. It's really embarrassing. And, and I just didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel like the version of Emily that moved to New York 
believing I could do whatever I wanted. And so that anxiety and insomnia finally led me to seek out meditation. And on the first day of my first class, it cured my insomnia. I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months after my first class. I've then slept through the night every night since it was 12 years ago that I learned I stopped going gray. I stopped getting sick. I stopped getting injured. But I would say the most profound change is that I started enjoying my job. I started enjoying my performance. And that's when I was like, everybody has to do this. So, you know, left Broadway, went to India and started a three-year training process to teach. And if honestly, if curing my insomnia is all meditation had done for me, it would still be worth it. But the thing about this practice is that the benefits are cumulative. So the longer you practice, you really are ushering yourself into higher and higher states of consciousness, which sounds hippy-dippy, but it's just consciousness is just how well is your brain performing? How good is your cognition? How resilient is your body. And a lot of people think that meditation's benefits are just mental, but your brain is printing every cell in your body. So if you have the brain of stress, you're going to have the body of stress. And so, yes, of course, it starts as a mental technique, but as you eradicate those stress hormones and stress chemicals from your body, that the physiological ripple effect of that is almost endless. Did you have a penchant for this as a child? Like in growing up and you look back on things that were stressful or hard, you know, hierarchy in school, any of the, you know, popularity, whatever it was, when you're troubled or feeling some kind of trauma in your life as a child, do you feel like you you just naturally would go inward? Like, does this live in you? No, not at all. I, what I had a pension for and what I was very good at as a child and why I think I'm so good at my job is that I was very interested in medicine. I remember my friend's brother got sick, very sick when we were in seventh grade. So we were 11 and he got life flighted to this hospital. And, and I remember like he had a very rare bone marrow disease. And I remember coming back after sitting in the hospital and learning all the, these things from this doctor and coming back and reporting like the whole thing to my parents in my mind, it felt flawlessly. And they were all like, what? Are you going to be a doctor? Because I was like in tap dancing classes and cheerleading camp. And suddenly I was like, no, the bone marrow and the white blood cells and it's Fanconi's anemia. And this was attacking this. And I was 11. And they were like, oh. And so that's when I was sort of like, huh, I really am interested in the way the human body works. And then really I'm a performer. I'm still a performer. And So one of my gifts is taking this esoteric knowledge, yes, the spiritual part of it, but also the scientific part of it, and then communicating it in a way that is accessible and relatable and and more importantly, attractive. Like, why should anybody care? And yes, I'm a salesperson for Ziva, but I'm really a salesperson for like, hey, you need to handle your stress. Absolutely. Because it's killing us. Absolutely. I think... You know, this has been a very fascinating, is the word that I will use, time to be alive. Do you feel like more people have gravitated towards Ziva over this last year to make some sense of the life that we've been living? I think that what's happening right now is just like we have a K-shaped economic recovery. I don't know if you've heard this. We think about the letter K. There's like, you know, people who don't have money are starting to have a lot less of it. And people who do have money are starting to have a lot more of it. And I think the same thing is happening spiritually. I think that people who've been doing the work and people who've been in therapy and meditating, there's a big shift happening. And I'm, I mean, I'm having people, my students are calling me like multiple times a week with the dawning of God consciousness, starting to see fractals, colors, like things mm. that are like, it would be like, you know, be a real hippy dippy trippy stuff. 
but it's happening a lot and a lot faster. And I feel like people are getting lots of downloads, lots of energies trying to come down. And then conversely, people who have not been dealing with their stuff, not been in therapy, not sitting with their emotions, there's a real downward spiral going on. You're, you know, you're seeing more depression, more suicide, more physical ailments due to loneliness. And so it's we're going to have to really get honest about the long tail emotional and psychological ramifications of yes. this, not just the virus, but certainly the loneliness and the economic instability and the governmental instability. Like we're going to be unwinding this for a while. And I think that people need to mentally prepare themselves for that, that this is not going to be like, oh, magical, magical one day it's over. Yes. This is this will have changed us as, as a society, as people, or an economy. And so it's like we can play the long game and start to see, well, which which part of that K am I on? Am I evolving? Am I up-leveling? It might be a little scary. It might feel a little shaky, but do I know that ultimately my consciousness is expanding? And if so, how can I help people on the other part of that curve? Yes. Right? And, and so, you know, I've heard some staggering statistics that out of one in four people who experience trauma one in four of them will have PTSD. So you could say that the whole world is experiencing some level of trauma right now. So that's 8 billion people. We certainly do not have the infrastructure in place for a quarter of 8 billion people to receive PTSD treatment. And so I think that we're going to, so again, those of us who have been meditating, who have been doing therapy, who are coaches, who are yoga teachers, maybe you're not a full-blown board certified doctor, but you know, you can heal, you know, in your heart, you're a healer, you know, you have some capacity to help. I think we're going to have to like, you know, like wartime, like, yep. oh, I'm going to donate my sugar and I'm going to go make a garden. We're going to have to think about that with our mental and emotional health. Absolutely. I want to impart this to the listeners because listen, like I said in my intro, I am not someone who would naturally gravitate to someone like meditation. I think it takes sometimes me saying what I'm about to say for people to understand its approachability. I I started meditating, which was really just falling asleep to meditations. That's all it was. Instead of just falling asleep on my pillow, I invited something in on my phone to listen to. And I realized that I was sleeping better. I was having dreams again. I was waking up and feeling rested. That's what I want to tell people about Ziva. Like it is just something that's just one extra modification from something that you're already doing. And it's just, it's a way to support this life that I'm, I feel like is getting harder and harder to live without ample time to reconcile. And to what Emily just said, you know, if you were ever going to do it, this is the year. Yeah. It's just, it is the year. So either we're dealing with stuff in the job, we're dealing with stuff being at home with our loved ones who we never had to spend this much time with. We're virtual learning. Like there's all of these things. And I just don't know if in this world, it is fair to assume that we can do it alone anymore. It's, it's, it's too hard to unpack everything that we are contesting with. Yeah, you're 100% right. And also it's like, right now you can't go on that group vacation. You can't go to that concert. You can't go to the Broadway show. You're likely not going to the restaurant right now. So one, you might have, so while your economics might've changed, some of that sort of entertainment income could be going to educational income, to things to you know, further your mental and emotional capacity. And that doesn't have to be Ziva. That could be an art class. That could be a cooking class. Something yep. that's building creative creativity and giving you a new skill. But I would say that, you know, if you're trapped at home and stressed AF, seems like a good time to me to learn how to meditate, especially yes. if there's an online course available to you. But obviously I'm biased. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what would you say to someone who's like, 
okay, I, I tried it once and some weird stuff was coming up and I didn't like it and it just made me feel worse. What would you say to the, to the process or to the person who's embarking on that process? Well, first of all, I would say bravo. Way to start. Second of all, I would say I'm sorry that however you started didn't prepare you or equip you to handle the emotional and physical release that happens. And certainly with something as powerful as Ziva. So Ziva is not an app, okay? It's not a free app that you download on your phone. When you say the word meditation, that's what most people think, oh, this free app. Um, But this is actually, um, at least for our adults, it's a curated 15-day course that teaches mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. And it's really powerful because it's not only dealing with your stress in the now, but it's getting rid of all your stress in the past. And that's an interesting and new topic for a lot of folks where they think, what do you mean stress from my past? It's like, well, every breakup, every job you've been fired from, every all-nighter, every Jack Daniels, every Taco Bell, it's stored in your cellular memory and it has to come up and out. And so when you start Ziva, it's actually de-exciting your nervous system. It's giving your body rest. That's five times deeper than sleep. And when you give your body rest, it knows how to heal. And as it starts healing the, the stress from the past, it can create a catharsis. And that's a big part of my job is to warn people about that, to support people through that, and to equip them with tools to process that stuff as it comes up and out. Because if you would think the meditation is, supposed, is, is one, meant to clear your mind, that's just false. Two, you think you're floating on a cloud of bliss and unicorns all the time. And the next thing you know, you're crying in a corner. You're going to think there's something wrong with you. You're going to think there's something wrong with the practice. And so that's why I've really created a matriculation and a community and monthly coaching calls to support people as they go through what's ultimately a detoxification process. And then as you detoxify your mind and body, this is what allows you to usher yourself into higher states of cognitive performance. Yes. And this is, I think, why Ziva is set apart. To your point, it's not an app. It's not something that you just go and you press play and 45 minutes, you're done with a guided meditation. I mean, this is a training. It's it's somebody holding your hand through this process. And what I love and what I have seen, not just on, you know, websites and on social media, but in the way that people testimonialize this program is the mental resilience. That's what it always keeps coming back to is a mental resilience that, you know, train thousands of people, I'm sure even, my gosh, mul- multitudes of thousands of people how to be mentally resilient. And so it doesn't, it doesn't stop the trauma. It doesn't put you in a place to never receive it, but it just gives you the best umbrella for the rainy day. And I just think that it's like this beautiful thing coupled with, and now, I mean, we're recording this on February 17th, but by the time this airs, this will be live. This is the part that got me is the Ziva Kids um, launch, which, you know, has now launched on February 23rd. This is so, I wish I had this as a child. And I didn't even have a tormented past, but I find this to be, especially after this year, one of the best things that you can gift someone of youth, that the pressure and the stress that they're under and to start training them at this young age to have this skill set, to have the emotional intelligence, to, to wire them for, as you said, resilience and kindness, it's, it's a gift. How, I mean, it's, it almost seems like the next logical step, like, well, if adults are traumatized, well, where does it all begin? It begins when they're children. But like, this is so beautiful. I'm so appreciative for this as a, as a new mom. Where does this story begin for you? Well, I would say this story begins 
as soon as I started teaching, I started teaching 12 years ago and almost immediately parents were like, hey, can you help me teach my kids? Can I share this with my kids? I want my kid to meditate with me. My kid is stressed. And for years, I mean, literally 10 years, I was like, no, it's not me. I don't teach kids. I'm not the person. I'm not your girl. And then when I became a mom, I have a two and a half year old son. And it, as cliche as it sounds, it changed me. And to see my heart outside of my body, to see how much pain it caused me when he was in pain. And, and I was like, okay, like I have to do this. I, and I started looking, I was like, look, it doesn't have to be me. I'll partner. I'll find someone else who does this. I'll happily, you know, become a referrer of them. But I couldn't find anything out there that was both powerful enough and entertaining enough for me to want to give it to my son. Mm-hmm. And, and that when I say powerful, I mean, you're not just downloading a free app and like addicted to more technology for when you want to unplug, that someone else isn't meditating for you, which is ultimately what guided visualizations are. And I understand why most people say, well, I just like the guided types of meditation. That's just because they've never taken a class and they don't know how to meditate yet. But it's so much more powerful when you can do it on your own. It's like a TV is thinking for you. And that's what, when you do with the apps, the the app is meditating for you. And I'm really interested in self-sufficiency. So anyway, I wanted that kind of power for children, but I also wanted it to be entertaining. And so I finally got over myself and I was like, Emily, look, you don't have to be an expert at teaching kids. You can reach out for support for that. So the first person I called was one of my students, Jake, who is a puppeteer at Sesame Street. And I just happened to remember that of like all my 40,000 students. I mean, that's an interesting job, right? And so I was like, hey, Jake, like this, I have this idea. What do you think? And he, he, we started brainstorming and he said, I'd love to actually be the puppeteer. I said, great. He put me in touch with a Sesame Street writer, a Sesame Street puppet builder, And then we birthed Z Bunny. So Z Bunny is my co-star for Ziva Kids. And he's awesome. He's so funny. He's training to be a superhero. And every day in Ziva Kids, he has these challenges. And then these big emotions come up. I'll show you. I know this is audio only, but I can show you. We have these puppets (laughs) called the Stormies. We got a sad Stormy, a scared Stormy. We got an angry Stormy over here. Hang on. I'm going (laughs) to... Um, those are so cute. I love, love, love them. I want, I want them to be in the merch store. Yes. I mean, we all sort of need just like a, like to tell our friends or our family, like, look, I got an angry stormy today. So we created Z Bunny. We created these stormy characters and, and thus Ziva Kids was born. I also brought on Dr. Shafali, who's been, she's Oprah's go-to parenting expert. She wrote The Conscious Parent, The Awakened Family. She's a straight up genius when it comes to parenting. And then I also worked with uh, mindful educators from Harvard, Rye, psychologists. So I really brought in like the dream team yes. of child education experts. And we have created... I mean, I'm not kidding. This has been two years in development. We've done three beta tests and I can very confidently say that we have created the world's most entertaining meditation training to help kids thrive. I'm I'm so excited about this. I have an 18 month old. His name is Yay. Monty. And I'm thinking to myself like, you know, and you know this from having a child, it's, there is some kind of, I, I honestly, I struggle to find the words. The attachment that we have to our children as mothers is sometimes shocking to me. But something happens, it goes awry and, you know, child gets hurt. And the thing that comes out of me, it obviously comes from a place of fear. It comes from a place of anxiety. It comes from something so high value as a child and the idea that I could be threatened with the loss of it or the hurt of it. And to be able, I, I'm, as you're talking, I'm picturing myself sitting in the living room, both of us just quietly with our eyes closed having this bonding moment because I find him so high value. And at this stage in his life, 
I am so high value to him. I am his sustainability. I am his life source. So it's like, I think about doing this even mother to, to child and it's just beaut- It's honestly just sheer beauty to me that this is something that you can share that not only will better them and their you know, relation to the world and the life that they're living, but how it's just two people meditating on, on the relationship that they have with one another. Oh, yes. You know what? This weekend, my son, who's two and a half, he sat with me for a full 22 minutes. And I, no, look, I am not promising that. That is certainly not <laughs> on the website. <laughs> There's no money back guarantees on that one. But, and it's not even the point. Like, I, I don't think it's a good idea to try and expect that for children. I'm only sharing it because it was like a top five life experience. Yes. And sure, the first five minutes he was crawling on my head and punching me in the face and kicking me and being like, can you hear me? Can you see me? Are you looking at me? And But then he just, he started sucking his thumb and rubbing his belly button and he just laid down right next with his little feet on my lap. And it was the sweetest thing that's maybe ever happened. And I was like, you know what? It's all worth it. It's all worth it just for this one moment. And he might never do it again because the kids' meditation is much shorter. Like I have them move through, like they shake out the stormies, they do some belly balloon breathing, they meditate, and then they actually manifest as well. So they're learning the full Ziva technique, the mindfulness, the meditation, and the manifesting. But to, to your point, to share that with your family, to have this intimacy creating, like emotional resilience building shared experience versus what most parents are doing or being like, shut up. Mommy needs to meditate. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, it, and it, it becomes a barrier versus a unifying thing in the family. Yep. And then here's a really fascinating benefit that I've noticed that parents have shared with me is that one, their kids become the guardians of their practices because the, the kids see how much nicer the parents are. Mommy's a lot more fun after she meditates. Daddy's a lot less angry after he meditates. And mommy's a lot funnier when she meditates. She yells at me less. Like this is what we hear from our kids. And so they're actually like, hey, mom, did you meditate? And they'll protect it for you. Now, what we're starting to see is that the kids, because kids are narcissistic by nature, they have to be to survive. And so if they, if you're in a bad mood as their parent, they think it's their fault. Daddy's angry. I did something wrong. Mommy's sad. I must've made her sad. And so when they see you practicing this mental discipline and this mental hygiene, they start to take themselves out of the equation. Oh, mommy's mad, but she didn't meditate today. It's not my fault. Mm. And so you can actually prevent a lot of codependence, which is huge. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I've never thought about it like that. I've always thought to myself, it's so great for a child to see a parent. And of course, as parents, we are very child-centric. But to your point, to see that mom and dad have these things that they love doing, mm-hmm. that discipline is just wonderful. And then, then it, of course, it, it motivates a child to find those things for themselves. So maybe that's their own meditation practice for the sake of this conversation. Maybe that's just listening to music on their little Fisher-Price record player. You know, it's just that, oh, that's cool that there's like, we're a family and I'm a part of this and this is my unit. But then there's also this permission slip out there for me to go and have the things that are going to keep me, me. And, yeah. and I love that, that meditation can really just be, it's just putting gas in the tank for you to go and live the life that you deserve to live. Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the things that's baked into the course where it's, it's like, this isn't about 
Meditation is not something to fix anything that's wrong with you because our kids are already perfect. It's just reminding them that their superpowers are already inside. Their kindness, their bravery, their creativity, those things are already inside of them. And then the meditation is just the key that's helping them to unlock it. And because we are so like goal oriented, even preteens, like you'd be amazed. Someone, a child, a psychologist said to me the other day that she had a four-year-old that was not sleeping at night because he was wondering whether or not he would ever get married and where he was going to live. He's four. <laughs> and I mean, sure, maybe he was just having like, am I going to be king or am I, I going to yes. be a, you know, a fireman or a policeman? But I just think it's fascinating that how early we start to get into the I'll be happy when syndrome. Yes. And so to give kids the opportunity to view their internal screens versus external screens is really valuable. Also, one thing that I'm really proud of in this is that, yes, we use technology to move kids through the seven-day course. But once they graduate, they can just close their eyes and do this forever before a test on a bus on in bed at night before sleep as they're brushing their teeth. And so it's not like an app where you have to keep going to the screen. Yes. It's, it's designed to make the kids self-sufficient and it's less screen time, which I know all parents are really concerned about right now. Absolutely. I think that's kind of, you know, always been my question about the things that I pour myself into, you know, not to say what is the end game of meditation, but is the idea that this course teaches people how to be mentally resilient, and then they're put into life's well, so to speak. And then from there, they know how to get there on their own. They know how to, to process. They know how to, you know, calm themselves. Like, is it is it all of these swords in one? Yeah. So I would say my dream case, magic wand scenario, is that the ripple effect of Ziva Kids is that a whole generation of children are equipped to feel the entirety of their emotions, the full spectrum of their emotions. And and versus, uh, oh no, I'm sad. And now I have fear about my sadness or shame about my sadness. And so rather than dealing with the thing that's making you sad, you're having to deal with the fact that you're even sad at all. So it becomes this like meta problem or, you know, and we've inadvertently been doing it to our kids since birth. Shh, don't cry, have a bottle. Shh, don't cry, have a toy. Don't cry, you're okay. You're okay, they fall down. And we we don't ask them, what, how are you feeling? We say, you're okay. Yep. Like, no, they're not. They're crying. They're in pain. Yes. And so it's like, it's, and it's our lack of emotional resilience as parents that causes that sort of squashing reaction of the emotions. And that's what was done to us. And so that's what we were modeled as love. And so that's what we're doing to our kids. And so there is inside of this an adult training as well, because it it takes some discipline as adults to undo the patterns that we've been trained in since birth. Absolutely. (laughs) They fall down to be like, you're okay to say, you fell down. You're crying. How are you feeling right now? I'm right here with you. Right. So you're sort of like sports casting versus you dictating how you think they should be. So anyway, to answer your question, I hope that this equips people to feel the entire range of their emotions. And then once they've felt those emotions, you know, I, I guide parents to ask their children, Hey, how are you feeling? And once they feel like the catharsis has passed, how would you like to feel? Mm. And then leave it to the kids to say, hey, are any of the tools that we have, you know, if you want to feel happier, okay, what tools do you have that might move you in that direction? And so it's the kids starts to put the dots together. The one, my feelings are welcome here. Two, I have the ability inside of myself to state change when and if I'm ready. And it's up to my parents to be able to manage their emotions when I'm feeling mine. Yes. It's like a mirror. It's a beautiful mirroring because 
what you want for your child, you want for yourself. You know, if I say, oh, you're okay to Monty, that's just me projecting my hopes on the situation. Yes. I hope to God you're okay. And if, if if I say it's okay, then we're all okay. And I won't, you know, flatline. And that yeah. that comes from, again, this kind of innate tethering that we have to our children and, and this fear, uh, or my fear, I won't speak to the royal you, but my fear of, I have bared witness to the most beautiful thing I could ever imagine, and I'm so afraid to lose it. And so all I want to do is squash your pain, you know? And I think that that's yeah. something that I have had to really reparent myself over and just be like, okay, no, like, let's get in there. Because tears don't always mean the worst case scenario. It's just, emo- maybe it's just emoting or, you know. I- it's just rain. Yes, yes. It's like the storm and every storm runs out of rain. And guess what happens after the rain? The sky is clearer. The waters, the, you know, the plants are nourished. The trees are greener. And, in, and physiologically, when we cry, we're releasing toxins. And then what happens right behind that toxic release is bliss chemistry. And so the second we can reframe that for ourselves as adults, and the analogy I like to give to adults is, you know, we beta tested this. And one of the moms came to me and she said, my daughter was doing something. She was so frustrated and I could tell she was getting overwhelmed. And I came up to her and I said, you know, why don't you do some of your belly balloon breathing from Ziva Kids? And she was like, no, I don't want to. And the mom was really upset. And she came to me like, it's not working. Like what, you know, what you promised this, that, and the other. And I was like, let me ask you a question. If you were going through a really tough time in your life and you called your best friend and you were really upset and you just needed to have a catharsis, you needed to feel supported. And she said to you, hey, why don't you do some breathing? How would that make you feel? <laughs> like probably a little disrespected, probably a little invalidated, right? <laughs> You're like, can I just be mad for a minute? Yeah, you breathe. So, <laughs> just- <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so that would speak to her best friend's lack of capacity to hold space for her pain. And so really it's up to us as the adults to increase our own capacity to, and I know this word gets overused, but hold space really, truly be like, yes. your pain is welcome here. Your rage is welcome here. Certainly there's boundaries. Certainly, you know, you don't have to be disrespected. You can have your own boundaries as a human. You know, there's social guidelines that you want your kids to like draw the, in between the lines of, but for a kid to cry for three minutes is not going to hurt anyone or kill anything or break anything. Yes. It's just allowing them to express. Yeah. And also, is- how comfortable am I sitting in the hurt and pain is how comfortable I'm going to make my child sit there. Yes. You know, and I think I'm so blessed to be a mother later in life. You know, I gave birth at 38. I'm now 40. It's like, that's awesome to be able to have that wisdom and, and understand the complexity of our emotions and that... It, you know, the text, the the books and the blogs can only teach us so much, so to speak. And at a certain point, it just has to be about the intuitive response to our children. And that's what I love that this training imparts on people is it gives everybody the tools. It's not just the children on behalf of it. It's the parents witnessing the children and then seeing that evolve like a child that was would go through the program to, tw- you know, a twin who did and didn't go through the program to see how they would be set up you know, in the game of life. And I find that so fascinating and so valuable. I really do. That's, I wonder if that's going to happen. We've had quite a few twins go through, but they've all done it. 
I'll be interested to see like when we have one twin that does and one twin that doesn't. Absolutely. I mean, so what, yeah. you know, I know you're, we, it's a crazy schedule today. We only have a few more minutes. I would like to have you back. I do want to say that just Love straight out that. of the gate. Like we could talk about 8,000 more things. There's a lot we, just we, because. We get to the skincare of meditation and reverse body age. We didn't, there's so much more sex. I mean, divorce. is there anything that you can talk about just on the skincare front? Because it is such a qualified listener. Like what is this? The reverse. Okay. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. So I'm 41. One, I'm almost 42. I also got pregnant at 39, 38 or 39. I had my kid at 40, got pregnant on my first try, but specifically around the skincare piece. So meditation has now been scientifically proven to reverse your body age by somewhere between eight to 14 years. <laughs> I want in, I want in. I want it. Cream people be like, is it a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars? Like, give it to me. That's like, oh yeah, this thing's gonna reverse your body age, and you're gonna be a lot happier, and your sex is gonna be better, and your parking karma is gonna be better. <laughs> so, like, why yes. would you not do it? Like, oh, but I'm so busy. I'm like, guess why you're busy? Because stress makes you stupid, sick, and slow. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. That is the name of the episode. <laughs> stress makes you stupid, sick, and slow. Great. It's on the back cover of my book, but it's. It's true. Like when you get stressed, right? Your body launches into fight or flight. You release all of these stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, which are acidic in nature. And that acidity leads to inflammation. And inflammation is the basis of all chronic disease. And it messes up your endocrine system, your hormone system, your digestion. And so you're not absorbing the nutrients the way that you could be that you know, you can break out when you have hormonal imbalances, your skin can get quite brittle or not as elastic as it could when you stop producing collagen. So it's really quite profound, the changes. And we all know it, like we've all seen the 60 year old yogis yes. who've been like do meditating and doing yoga for 40 years. And you're like, what? They're like just radiant and glowing and tight. And, and they're like, what's your secret? And they're like, why do yoga and meditate every day? Yeah, you're like, great. You your high school reunion and the person who's like smoking cigarettes and drinking tab in the back who's like, looks like they're a hundred. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> yep, can't reverse time there. Sorry. <laughs> It's ama- it's honestly amazing. I'm I'm in awe of you and I'm just so grateful that you exist. Is the is on it's honestly the over under. I'm just so happy that you exist and that I get to be in a in a part of this world where we get to share the same space because I think I I of course benefit, my child will benefit and anybody listening to this podcast will benefit. So, with the last few remaining minutes we have, will you please just tell us how to get the book, start the course, sign up for Ziva Kids, like Instagram, like give us all the ways to voyeur. Yeah. So I would say the best place to find all those things is our website, which is Ziva, Z-I-V-A, zivameditation.com. And if if you want specifically the kids, it's that same website, zivameditation.com slash kids. And you'll find the replay of our live event. So we're doing this amazing live event to kick things off with Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Shafali, Elena Brower, Radha Agrawal. And so that'll be there. You can also find some guided visualizations for parents. We also have, I've been doing now for a year, ever since COVID 
started every single week. I do these global live stream meditations. And we'll sometimes have like 10,000 people tune in in 24 hours. And, and so the, the archive of all of them from the past year, you can find at that same website. So, you know, I would say, you know, yes, I'm biased, like get Ziva online, like do the course. It'll change your life. Get Ziva kids. It'll change your kid's life. But if you're not in a place financially where you could do that, or if you want to just check out my work, there are literally thousands of free resources on the website where you can read my writing. You can experience over 52 guided experiences and lectures that I've been giving for the past mm. year. Um, so there's lots of different ways. We're on Instagram at Ziva Meditation. But right now, the thing I'm most excited about is the kids course. It's amazing. You are amazing. I'm so honored to have spent this time with you. And uh, and again, as as life continues and more things come your way, please come back because I would love to share it with my audience because it's these are all everybody who listens to this is either by way of skin owl or by way of of trying to feel like they are present in the life that they are living. And so this is a qualified listener, if I can say so. As you guys know, this is Emily Week. So we're going to be sharing everything that she just shared with you guys, whether it's the links, the Instagram, the courses, everything at all. It will be in the show notes. It will be throughout our entire dedication to Emily on at Off The Record With You on Instagram. I will also be double sharing it at Skin Owl on Instagram and putting it on our website through skinowl.com. So I'm just so, so happy (laughs) that we had this time and I'm so appreciative and I wish you the best and I hope that Ziva Kids takes off because it's exactly what we need in this world. And if there's one last question just to end with, what is your definition of success? I think with everything that you've done, book, just keynote speaker. I mean, you've done so much and there's still, when I asked you in the beginning, like, do you feel like you have kind of reached the pinnacle? It's like, oh no, like my work is far from done. For you, like to look back on your life and say, wow, you know, I did it and I did it well. And I'm so proud of everything that I did. Like, what does that, how would you define that end game, that pinnacle point? Oh, thank you for asking that because I just got clear on that this week. I'm going through a massive, (laughs) massive um, life transition right now. And it's sort of like when you're pregnant for the first time, like you can't even see the parenthood because just the labor is this giant like gateway. I spent 10 months reading books on labor, not one parenting book, didn't read one book. I was like, wait, what a ding dong. Um, But anyway, I was sort of going through a similar life situation where I couldn't see my future because of this giant gateway. And I can finally see beyond the gateway now, which we will talk about on the next podcast. Yes, please. Um, Yes, please. Little teaser. But anyway, this week I was like, I want Ziva to be as big as the world can receive and metabolize. So I don't want to push it for me, but as big as the world needs and can receive and implement, I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm ready to go. And so that looks like I want to write like, the next Untamed. I don't know if you've read Untamed yes. by Glennon Doyle. I've read it 10 times. Yes. And so I want like that, that like the writing and speaking gig to be its own sort of arm. Um, I think Ziva Kids is going to do very well. And I think likely I will bring on like a kid's meditation teacher. It's like, it'll be this person in Z-Bunny. Um, I would like to be leading stadiums filled with meditators, like, you know, tens of thousands of people live streaming around the world, like bringing everyone into brain and heart coherence with themselves and also in coherence with each other. I mean, imagine 15,000 people in a stadium meditating for real and becoming like one collective antenna. That seems very, very exciting yes. to me. Oh my God, the roof would blow yeah. off. Just the energy alone. It would be in, amazing to be a part of that. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm also really interested in climate change. Like I would like to do 
any and everything I can to help reverse climate change. And, and I think that that might look like teaching politicians to meditate and getting and potentially um, petroleum executives, because it's actually just a hundred white dudes that are creating the policy and that are making the hundreds of millions of dollars off of the, you know, the, the energy that's really raping the planet and yes. throwing us into climate emergency. Yes. A hundred dudes. I can teach a hundred dudes in a week. Please. So you I know. feel like, yeah, that's just something we do by being alive <laughs> as women. We're going to teach a hundred dudes a hundred lessons. Okay. You yeah. break up with us. There's 20 right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how there that go. goes. There you go. <laughs> well, listen, I adore you. I'm so appreciative. And, and please come back because I want to know all about the twists and the turns and the gateways. Uh, it's all, I'm very intrigued. So okay. part two, um, stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> yes, stay tuned. Part two, Emily Fletcher. In the meantime, go slurp up this episode, guys. Leave a five-star review. Leave a rating. Let us know what you would like to ask Emily in the future. I am here for it. I will share her with it. She is now a friend of the pod. And Emily, best of luck, honestly, with everything. Thank you for everything you are doing for this world. It, it does not go unnoticed, and we are all richer because of it. It is my absolute pleasure. Uh, you take care. Bye. Bye, my friend. You and me, I respect your privacy. What happens here when believe this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips Cause I can't say I've got what I would do Off the record with you